In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 375th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are 5-8 and eight and will go down to New Orleans to face the Saints on Sunday who are 4-9 and nine and at a 1 p.m. game at the Caesar Superdome. Game is basically an elimination game for the uh, playoff race. We're going to cover both teams' percentages here later, but the loser is uh, essentially eliminated, maybe even mathematically, but we haven't gotten that far with it. We just know that it's a very important game for either team that's going to try to stay alive in the weak NFC South this year. But, hey, the Falcons are going to be going down there with a new starting quarterback, Desmond Ritter is giving the reins to the football team. Marcus Mariota appears headed to IR uh, and unrelated uh, events. He uh, got a chronic knee that he wanted to get checked out once he found he wouldn't be starting anymore. And uh, they handed the things over to Desmond Ritter and went and picked up Logan Woodside from the Tennessee Titans practice squad. That way they'll, they're covered. If Marcus cannot make it back, doesn't look like he's going to. But Woodside is back to Ryan Tannehill uh, for the last four years and has been uh, up and down from the practice squad. He's played in 11 games through uh, three passes, one completion. But let's go on. And, uh, you know, it broke last week during the bye week on Thursday that they were moving to Desmond Ritter. Arthur Smith didn't talk about it until Monday. And here's what he had to say on why he chose to go with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Yeah, well, a lot of things, D-Led, so and that's part of our job. It's what I get paid to do as you're evaluating, right? So really in the last month or so, you know, we've been in some of these close games where we're at in the season, where I thought we were trending. We've made a lot of progress offensively. Obviously, some things we've evolved and tried to push to in the passing game. And, uh, you know, we're close, but, the, you know, we need to get over that hump. We feel also the, the growth from Desmond that we've seen. He's been one play away all season but feel very comfortable where he's at right now to be able to handle the game plan and operate at full capacity. Other than, again, we would have adapted if he had to play early in the season. Feel really, really good where he's at right now. So both those things uh, factored into it. And uh, again, I wouldn't have made this decision. Didn't think it was in the best interest for this team, uh, not only short term, but probably long term as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Here, here's the situation, and we talked about it here on the uh, Bowtie Chronicles as uh, the season was unfolding. It's like, look, they got to complete a few more passes, a little bit more. 155 is not going to do it. Um, you know, they weren't forcing it to Kyle Pitts, but he was getting the targets. Uh, you know, if they're taking people away, you got to be able to get it down the field. Looked like they had a breakthrough in Cincinnati when they hit the Demir Bird bomb. They haven't hit one since. So that's what, what it came down to is Marcus Mariota was, you know, just not accurate enough with his balls. 
what is deep passes for sure in the and coach, you know, um, the the opportunities were there in the last two games to increase the passing. So at this point, they're they're like, hey, well, we got to get something going, and we need to find out, you know, if he's the future of the franchise. So they're not going to ask Desmond Ritter to do a whole lot more than what they were asking Mariota. But when they do get the shots downfield and their flow of the game, they set it up. They run the ball. They did their RPOs. They, you know, they, they got the safeties cheating up. Then, boom, you got to hit them. You got to hit them over the head uh, with some deep balls or some long gainers. And Marcus wasn't able to do that. Desmond's going to get his shot here over the next four games. And we'll see uh, uh, what his uh, progression is. So, um, you know, ideally you would want Marcus to be around maybe to help the kid out if he gets in the game he might see something and he might not seems a little odd that he he picked this time to get the chronic knee checked out everybody's got chronic something at this point in the season uh but here's what coach Arthur Smith had to say about not having Mariota with the team of course you want all your guys to be here um but again guys got to make decisions based on what's the best interest from, you know, that, that's happened. That's part of the in professional sports. You see it happen all over the place. And you've got to have plans and contingency plans. And so the contingency plan was to get Logan in here, somebody I'm very familiar with that's been, uh, you know, obviously in Tennessee. And uh, if Logan's job on Sunday is to be the backup, if that's what, what happens, I, I, I'll have a clear picture. I want to talk again on Wednesday to be able to give you the, hey, this is definitely what, what's happened, what's not. But at least having Logan in here gives you another option. You obviously got Felipe as well. Uh, but feel more comfortable. You've got to have contingency plans. Yeah, no doubt. We'll hear from Logan Whiteside later on in the uh, Bow Tie Chronicles podcast. Uh, but, yeah, so they're they're making moves like they're not going to have Mariota. Woodside would be an emergency, too, and then you still got the Felipe Franks option. Uh, basically, they don't need anything to happen bad to Desmond Ritter uh, at this point in the season. So, um, you know, I wanted to know because um, – the the routes don't look the same, or, or the routes should should look the same. But I'm I'm tr- was trying to get coach to kind of pin down where in the passing game they've been missing the throws. And uh, you know, the, the easy one is the down the field throws. You know, rolling out his RPOs have been okay outside into the flats and his checkdowns. Desmond's balls are, or you know, if I remember, you know long time ago in the exhibition season and so forth but he was throwing it better intermediately and deeper than Mariota I, I saw that you know my own two eyes it was just a matter of getting it timed up and so I don't know if uh, this time period here is enough to get it timed up right but uh, they certainly uh, should have some more dynamic passing coming up here with Desmond Ritter uh, and then they've been working on it already. Tyler Algier told us um, that the uh, group of them were getting together during the bye week and throwing the ball around. So it's just a matter of protecting him and giving him the time to get it out and get it close to his guys. So uh, that's something that they wanted to do here, and that's a uh, big impetus behind this move. So we asked Coach, uh, what areas of the passing game need to improve? Well, you know, obviously early in the year, D-Led, we, uh, there were certain games we didn't pick the ball up that much, but uh, we certainly have recently as you continue to evolve because you got to improve. Like I said, I've been pleased with the progress we've had in the run game. It's been pretty consistent. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, for Sunday, we got to go down and, and uh, play well, prepare against a good front. But um, again, some of those are 
private conversations, but we need more production things that we've tried to, to do. And uh, it's not putting all the blame on him, but there's certain things we want to see, and we feel Desmond's got a chance to provide that, that spark. Yep, no doubt. The um, couple routes you've seen him miss a lot are, of course, the go routes, the um, posts, and the and the uh, kind of underneath uh, uh, outcut that uh, they like to run where they'll have London clear it out deep and then bring uh, Zacchaeus underneath. So, you know, it's got to be accurate on those. They, they don't do a lot of crossers, but a lot of in cuts. Uh, you got to put them uh, right in the zone, right on target to your guys. And uh, that's what they're hoping. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't want to get into the scheme, but those are the passes they've been missing. Just just think of the games you've been watching, and when they miss passes, you know, that those are the ones they're going to want Ritter to connect on. So, um you know that they're they're one game back with four to play, mathematically still in the race. So um, very slim mathematics, but we'll we'll give you the numbers later. But um, you know they're switching up a quarterback, going to a rookie quarterback who hasn't played it down in a tough division game, with the title still within reach. That doesn't seem like uh, something that you should be doing. But um, that's what the Falcons are going to do here. And here's what Arthur Smith had to say about starting Desmond with the division title still within reach. We, we got to be concerned about what's more important. And I think that's lost. Like you're certainly aware, but nothing matters unless we can go down and get a win down in New Orleans. And then the rest will take care of itself. So our focus got to be in the present or present situation about going down on a road divisional game down in New Orleans. Because all that other stuff doesn't matter if we can't go down there and get a win this weekend. So in terms of the long term, you're certainly hoping that it pays off. But short term, we would make this move. wouldn't be fair to those guys that are in that situation and been fighting all year. So it's a lot of things factored into it. But got confidence in Desmond. And then again, there's risk anytime you, you, you make a move. But you got to be willing to take that if you want to break through and get out of this up and down you know, inconsistency. And like I said, we've been in a lot of close games. We've made a lot of progress. but. Our objective is to get over that hump, and if it benefits us long term, that's a really good thing for us. Yep, no doubt. Um, you know, getting over that hump is just hitting a couple of those passes that I've been talking about here uh, that would change the game, that would make the team pay for dropping nine in the box and trying to shut your run game down, keeps the ball moving, keeps the third downs going, keeps your defense off the clock, you know, and off the field. So, um if they and the up and down is that hey yeah uh, you know they they weren't gonna be able to sustain that record I think they won all seven games in one game, one score games last year and so that was unsustainable so there's no surprise there but he's got the team that is depleted uh, with uh, uh, salary cap issues he's got them in the games and he wants to try to break through and do the couple little things they that they think they can to win the game. So if Ritter can do that, that might help them out here down the stretch. They're going to get some uh, opportunities, whether, you know, the Saints going to – that's a tough one to throw them into. That's going to be tough. But after that, you go to the Baltimore without uh, Lamar Jackson. So that's uh, – they always play tough, and they're in the hunt in the AFC North. And I'll run out the Falcons' record against the AFC North. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad especially since they lost to Cincinnati and uh, Pittsburgh this year. They did beat the Browns. That, that stopped the streak of about 12 straight losses to the AFC North. Then they have uh, um, the Cardinals, who 
Looked like Kyler Murray hurt his knee pretty bad last night in the game, so they might be getting Coke McCoy instead of Tyler, instead of Kyler. So I mean, you know, he's gonna have a chance to play some some uh, some good ball, and then you know you close out with Brady at the end. So he's gonna they're gonna get a, a good uh, look at it, and if he's the guy for the future, then that's what Coach was saying. That's very good for the franchise. Then they can start building other things out. Uh, but if they they got to see enough, um, and, and they need to see more than what uh, Kenny Pickett's doing up in Pittsburgh. Uh, Malik didn't look very good in his uh, action. Uh, Brock Purdy, last man, last quarterback drafted of the nine, he looked pretty good. But I mean, that's a Super Bowl uh, roster he's playing with. So uh, you know, toss it to Debo, throw it to McCaffrey. Yeah, you look pretty good. So, um, but, but yeah, we'll see what Ritter's able to do, you know, his MO at Cincinnati. And we're going to go through all his strengths and weaknesses as reasons why he lasted until the third round, uh, during the course of the week here, uh, you know, we're going to get out the old, uh, draft scout stuff and, and go over what, uh, what the issues were with him. But, you know, you look around the league and, uh, you see um, Jalen Hurts developing really nicely in Philadelphia with a lot of talent around him. Uh, it doesn't happen right away sometimes, and sometimes it, it comes uh, with some work. But he's getting ready to get on the field in a tough situation against the arch rival New Orleans Saints. Here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about the Saints. Uh, they're pretty consistent. The defense has been pretty good for a while. Um, they got a lot of good veterans there. You know, offensively, as they've gone through, like every team's gone through injuries. Uh, they were in a close one Monday night. They had to buy like we did. We know it's a challenge. Um, anytime you play in a divisional game, uh, anything, I mean, it's the NFL. You guys saw that's all watched football yesterday. And we know, we all know that. It's uh, not to give a cliche here, but it's the truth. Uh, but certainly when you're in a divisional opponent, you know each other so well. Those are always big games, regardless of circumstances or record. So it's, like I said, we anticipate a great atmosphere down in New Orleans. Haven't been down there a ton, obviously, last year, but we know it's lively down there. I'm sure it'll be loud. People will wake up early, I'm sure, and get their day started like they do down in New Orleans. Yeah, they get loud down there. It's going to be an interesting uh, game. And, uh, you know, it was really uh, when they, they were at their Drew Brees peak, the city was really rocking for the Saints, and they still come out and cheer them. And they will certainly be there for this one against the Falcons on Sunday. Let's just go over the series history. Uh, right now, this will be the 107th regular season meeting. The uh, series is tied right down the middle, 53-53. Now, if you throw in the playoff win the Falcons had over the Saints in 1991, then the Falcons still lead the series 54-53. Now, the, um, of course, the um, Saints uh, won the regular season opener up here in Atlanta, 27-26 to 26, on September the 11th. That was after the Falcons had a 16, had a 26-10 to 10 lead that they, uh, you know, did all kind of things to blow away uh, in that opener. Uh, did they, they did try a long field goal, but it was blocked. So... That's where we're at. Uh, but last time down in New Orleans, the Falcons prevailed. Young Way Koo with the field goal, 27-25. You know, the Saints took the lead late. The Falcons kind of dominated that game. 
But then they uh, they threw a, a bomb up the sidelines to Corderell Patterson to get in the field goal range and came out of there with a W. Now, the um, playoff percentages, uh, you know, we've been following that. You know, it looks – it sounds doable. It sounds doable. It sounds, uh, you know, the Falcons are four games back. Well, I mean, four games to play, just one game back. The Bucks dropped to six and seven. The Bucks got to play the Bengals, so they're going to drop another one. But the Falcons can't drop another one because they can't get at eight. They can't get uh, you know, they're not going to be able to get past the Bucks, and uh, the tiebreakers don't look good. So they got to outright get it. They got to outright get the title, and probably the only way to do that is go nine and eight, and that would that would mean running the table and not losing a game here. So the, but the percentages are, you know, according to the New York Times simulator, Tampa Bay still has a 77% chance of making the playoffs. The uh, Panthers, who are streaking now uh, and winning despite throwing away or trading away a lot of their key players, they are, or they are uh, in the hunt, too, at 19%. And Coach Steve Wilkes is, uh, they probably didn't want him to be out there winning all these games, but they are 5-8-2 and eight, two going into this week, and they play the Steelers. So if they handle their business there, you know, they're still in the hunt, and they have better percentage than the Falcons. Now, I said the Falcons and the Saints was probably a, an elimination game because the Falcons are, are down to 5% playoff chances, and the Saints are at, at 1%. So that's a loser-go-home game on Sunday, uh, if I ever heard one. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't do the whole quadratic equation, but we'll just give you a couple numbers to let you know what the Falcons are playing with. Uh, we thought they weren't going to play Ritter until they were eliminated from the playoffs. And they are essentially are eliminated at 5%. So make no sense to um, – uh, go ahead with the Mariota charade when uh, you need to find out if this kid can play. So, And they're just throwing him into the fire here, too. Throwing him into the fire against the arch-rival New Orleans Saints on Sunday at the Caesars Superdome. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents. Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here from the break. 375th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We're going to bring it on home with looking at the we got different quarterbacks in this game. The first time the Falcons and the Saints played, it was a Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston duel down to the to the end there. The two guys who were picked uh, first and second uh, back in, I think it was 2015. Jameis and Marcus Mariota will not be. Well, they well Mariota doesn't sound like he's going to be there. Jameis is going to be there. But uh, we're going to see Andy Dalton at quarterback for the Saints. And uh, that's the Red Rifle out of TCU, Katie, Texas. Katie High 
And uh, he has three and seven for the Saints. And uh, he's completing 66.9% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So, um, you know, not Drew Brees, but it's not Jameis Winston. And so they are going in a different direction at quarterback. And they do spring Tyson Hill in there. He threw a pass for 21 yards against the Bucks. Also caught a 30-yard touchdown. And he's always a problem for the Falcons. He's got five rushing touchdowns, too. And they like to put him in that. Um, that's just a sweep 38 high school uh, sweep out of the shotgun. Just lead. Uh, just have our lead blocker. that pull the guards and just load it up and come at the poor little cornerback and blow it up. I'm thinking the Falcons going to study that and put some firepower over there when they see him come in the game. But, uh, yeah, or you try to get to him, maybe run blitz a backer and get to Tyson Hill before he gets going because he's a load once he gets going. So, of course, the different quarterback for the Falcons will be the rookie Desmond Ritter, uh, who will be making his NFL debut in New Orleans at the Superdome. So we've got different quarterbacks in this one. Now, um, you know, one of the issues uh, when the draft was, hey, did they take the best uh, wide receiver? Uh, Drake London, I, I think he can play. I don't, that's no question about it. But you look around, you see the Wilson kid and Olave putting up numbers and then Christian Washington coming on in Green Bay uh, and certainly Pickens up in Pittsburgh, even though Coach Mike had to get on him a little bit about his complaining about not getting the ball. Uh, but I just pulled all their stats this morning. I'm, I'm hoping to do a story on uh, London if I can, you know, if he's in the locker room when uh, Ritter's not speaking or something. Hopefully we'll, we'll figure it out. We're not going to worry about it right now. But we'll, we do know uh, that he can play. Uh, his numbers don't match up with Alave uh, uh, and Wilson. Because they got better quarterback situations. They got quarterbacks not throwing it behind them and over their head and stuff. But he's got 47 catches for 533 and four touchdowns. Okay, Wilson, who went 10th to the Jets, has got 63 catches for 868 yards and four touchdowns. And Alave, who went 11th to the Saints, he's um. He's got 60 for 887. That's the most of a rookie. And then three touchdowns. And so those both of those guys are headed for 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, let's Drake and Ritter get it going. He's probably not. He's probably got to average 100 a game uh, for the last four games. That'll give him 400. Yeah, he needs to average about 110. Yeah, I'm doing some quick math. That's always hard. So he needs 67, 67 divided by four. Yeah, he needs to do about 120 a game to uh you know get get to a thousand so that's how the top three first rounders went and then um second rounders uh watson and pickens are doing pretty good watson's coming on late that's tim watson's son out of making tim played at howard and uh with the chiefs and with the uh packers safety but uh christian from north dakota state that's his son he had a He's got 25 catches for 401 yards and seven touchdowns. So that, so he's leading the rookie class in touchdowns. Uh, Alave's a leading in yards, and Wilson's leading in catches. And, of course, you know, we um, everybody around here knows George Pickens, the uh, fine receiver at Pittsburgh. He's got 40 catches 
for 590 yards and two touchdowns. See, his number numbers are similar to Drake because they're playing in that whole, you know, rookie quarterback world, Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota world. Uh, so, but you you can see that they can play. Now, just they're just waiting for the quarterback to develop. And uh, I know London helps its Ritter, and we'll get to see if that's the case. All right, we're going to go to our Saints stats real quick, and then we'll finish up with Tyler Algier and uh, Logan Woodside, the new quarterback here for the Atlanta Falcons. Could be number two and one play away. He could be out there on Sunday. Now, um, Saints are 4-9. and nine. Uh, they, uh, they haven't been able to string much together. Uh, beat the Falcons, dropped three in a row, then beat the Seahawks, then dropped two in a row, then beat the Raiders, then dropped two in a row, and then beat the Rams, and then dropped two more at San Francisco, 13 to nothing, and then you saw the Tampa Bay game on Monday night a couple weeks back. So they're playing tough. I mean, 13 nothing against San Francisco, yeah, you couldn't score on that defense, but they didn't run all over you. Uh, and, you know, at Pittsburgh, I don't know how – well, the Falcons lost to Pittsburgh too. But the Ravens, yeah, that's – you know, that, there's no shame in losing that one, 27-13. Uh, they lost to the Arizona Cardinals. There's shame there. Uh, they lost to the Bengals. No shame there. And then their other losses were Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Minnesota. Carolina and Minnesota were one score losses, 22 to 14 and 28 to 25. So, um, you know, defensively, it's, you know, solid. Cam Jordan on the one end, uh, Demario Davis at linebacker. Then you got Tyron Matthew and Marcus and, and May uh, at safety. So, you know, it's not a ragtag defense, but, you know, the offense. You go from Drew, Drew Brees to Jameis Winston to Andy Dalton. You go, you know, you are missing some things. And then, uh, you know, the big wide receiver Michael Thomas is not there this year either. I'm just seeing how I don't know, he only played a couple games. They didn't even keep him on the stats here. But um, running back Alvin Kamara, 143, 550 yards and one touchdown. I mentioned Tyson Hills, five rushing touchdowns. So it's no clue when they put him in the offense in the red zone what he's going in there for. Uh, Marcus Ingram, who came up short in the New England game, has 62 carries for 233, averaging 3.8 yards a, a carry. Now, I, the Rashid um, Shahid kid kept uh, flashing in that Tampa Bay game. So we'll we'll do some more work on him this week. Uh, Alave is the top receiver with the 60 for the 888 and 3, followed closely by Alvin Kamara with 51 catches for 433 and two touchdowns. Now, um, the touchdown guy is Jay is Johnson, and um, he's got five uh, touchdowns. In the red zone, that's who they're looking for. So, just want to go to the defense real quick here. Got Cam Jordan. It's trailing Davis. Uh, Demario's got 6.5 sacks. Cam Jordan's got five, 5.5. So, you know, he's had some big games against the Falcons in the past. So we'll see if they uh, have him running around uh, and moving around to try to get into the backfield and get to Desmond Ritter on Sunday. So that's our look at the Saints' stats. Now let's hear from uh, running back Tyler Algier. He's a, 
uh, Ritter's locker room mate there, and they're, they're rookies, so they've been doing that rookie university stuff together. But here's what Tyler Algier had to say about Desmond Ritter getting ready to start at quarterback. Uh, excited to see what Desmond, what Desmond can do. You know, he worked his tail off to to learn the playbook and all that stuff. He feels really comfortable, so you know, just excited for him to get a chance and all that. All right, so Tyler Algier, one of the um, things they did this week, um, they cut Damian Williams. So Tyler Algier is entrenched as the number two running back. And, uh, you know, Damian opened the season as number two. Looked like he was going to be a good aid to the team, but now full expect him to be picked up by one of the playoff teams. Uh, probably Kansas City might go back out there. But Tyler, um, you know, when you have a big change like this, it either energizes the locker room or, or it brings it down. And so we wanted to know from Tyler and what the vibe was around the locker room. We're really just all excited to get back on the field. You know, um, big divisional game against the Saints. You know, I think one. Uh, we need everyone really, but you know, I think um, this is just a big opportunity for us, for us and the team. So you know, I think um, yeah, it's a big opportunity. Yeah, no doubt, big opportunity, and they all are um, you know cognizant of that. Tyler's only been here a year, so um, we wanted to know uh, if there was anything from the first Saints game that might be helpful. For this Saints game, here's Tyler Algier on the Saints. Oh yeah, you know it's a good team. Really, you know, really good team. Good linebacking core. Good defense as well. You know, off. So I think um, really just uh, getting into practice, learning from learning from last week, or no, learning from shoot what they did last week, and then watching that first game. You know, see what their tendencies are. You know, and then um, yeah, just getting ready to ball up. Well, all right, that uh. That's what Tyler had to say about going down to uh, play the Saints. The vibe's good. Uh, he's high on Desmond. He thinks he's going to be do do just fine. They've been working out together over the bye week, uh, throwing balls. Because, I mean, this change is being made because they couldn't pass the ball. So uh, they're hoping that, uh, you know, now the Saints don't have any tape on Ritter. They can go back to Cincinnati. None of that's going to be applicable. Uh, they could kind of figure that the, the Falcons can't overhaul everything in one week and, and kind of uh, stick to their tendencies. And just they're just hoping that Ritter's more accurate than Mariota. Uh, Mariota, you're going to lose some in the run game there. I don't think you're going to have Ritter running uh, too many RPOs or, or running as much as Mariota did. So um, maybe if you get more passing, then you don't need the more in the run game. So that's where I think uh, this is headed for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, um, Logan Woodside was a, uh, you know, seventh-round draft pick by the Bengals out of Toledo, Frankfurt, Kentucky. He was in the locker room on Monday, and uh, we wanted to go over and meet Logan and, uh, you know, um, I'll let him know that we knew some of his folks in Tennessee and uh, that we are know a little bit about the Mac and uh, so forth, kind of soften him up so he can get used to the new media and so forth here in Atlanta. But here's what Logan Woodside had to say to me yesterday on his first day with the Atlanta Falcons. How was it getting the news that um, the Falcons uh, were going to take you out to practice class? You know, the first uh, the first reaction was super excited, um, super grateful for everything in Tennessee the last four years. They, you know, they definitely helped me um, be ready for this opportunity, mm -hmm. and um, just super excited to be down here and know some of the guys on the team, and mm -hmm. just excited to get going and, and try to help in any way I can. 
um, the off, uh, well, I guess y'all get into it, but it's, is, is it the same offense or some components of it the same? Or? I would say, you know, uh, there's some components that are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, Coach Art and Coach Rags have evolved a lot, so mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm in the process now is just trying to, to get it. caught up as, as mm-hmm. quick as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I saw you, you played here in the exhibition game last year. They were to get some photos. Yeah, so. in the preseason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, um, uh, what have you been doing to try to, you know, just stay ready, help you get this opportunity and so forth? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it was, you know, preparing as uh, as a starter, even even when I was on practice squad or going back to when I was backing up uh, Tannehill in the past. And, mm-hmm. you know, I learned a lot from, from Ryan mm-hmm. and uh, just how he approaches every day and how he, you know, commands the huddle and mm-hmm. uh, carries himself as a starting quarterback. So mm-hmm. just try to continue to carry over those traits and, mm-hmm. traits and do the best I can. And, uh, you know, I'm from up, up that way. Uh, tell, the, tell the people about some MAC football down here. Out <laughs> of SEC country, uh, but I grew up in Ohio, so I know about the MAC. Yeah. Let them know about how tough the MAC is. Yeah, the, the MAC's tough. Uh, you know, playing on those those Tuesday, Wednesday nights, it gets cold up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good football, man. I love being up there. I love my time at Toledo for sure. Yeah, Georgia, Georgia kind of got caught up guard when Kent State came down and played with him this year. <laughs> yeah, they like, did hey, play with him. That's right. <laughs> it's like, that's the Mac. That's right. play football. Yeah, that's right. Put good, solid fundamentals. Yes, sir. Well, all right. We're going to wrap this thing up. The 375th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Five and eight Atlanta Falcons will go down to New Orleans this weekend to take on the Saints with rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter. It's going to be, we'll see if this is the Desmond Ritter era uh, over the next few weeks or if the Falcons are going to be back in the quarterback market uh, in this uh, next draft or so. But they really want to see what he can do. You know, they thought if they had to play him early, they could adapt and and work around some things. But now they believe that... uh, You know, he's to the point where he's got the the system down and that they can call a hole in full game without any training wheels and so forth. And we'll see how that looks when the Falcons play the Saints on Sunday. Take care and have a great rest of your week. I'm Ernie Suggs, racing culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Journal-Constitution.